After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is... USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's it's a, a different kind of portal. It's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They're both big ten schools. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back, and the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover, and we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. <laughs> Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. Happy Monday, everybody. Open phones for the hour, which is unlike last week when right out of the gate on Monday, a week ago today, we had Dwight James on in the first few minutes of the show. Oh, yeah. Because we spent <clears throat> a week in tribute to uh, the great Bill Shonley, and those tributes will sprinkle through off and on here and there, incidentally, perhaps even intentionally. But we didn't have a, a whole lot of open phone opportunities last week. Today, for the first hour, we are wide open. And there are many things we would love to talk to you about. And, and John, I feel as though it's possible. It just sort of depends on the response and how people feel about it, what people think about it, whether they care to share any thoughts about it. It being the fix, the conspiracy, the <laughs> TJ and I talked about it after we hung up in the NFL. Ne- neither of us really felt like didn't feel like since he got jobbed. No, no. Cincinnati does. Well, the city of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, of course. They if are. it's an entity. Yeah. If there's a platonic ideal in heaven called Cincinnati, the city, they're angry today. The fan base. Well, should they be? That's my question. I don't, with no dog in the fight. I don't know that they're, are they overwhelmingly like it said? Oh, I would think so. We got cheated. We got cheated. Yes, I would imagine. If we, if we canvassed (laughs) sports talk radio in Cincinnati today, which back in the old days of sports talk radio, we would occasionally on a situation like this, just make a call randomly to a sports bar. (laughs) Back the back in Portland, I'm talking about and call. What do you what do you think of the officiating? And the bartender would go crazy or whatever. Ah, it was a worse idea. That type of thing. Yeah. Now, not not having a, a rooting interest in the game per se, which I didn't. Therefore, I feel as though I can come to it a little bit more dispassionately. All all I know in any situation, I think. Johnny, you have to put yourself in. What if this were the Beavers in a game with similar calls or non-calls happening? How would you then feel about it? That's about the only way. And I know that Beaver Nation would be chapped about how that played out. Uh, Particularly, I don't know if there's one call, non-call more egregious to you 
as an objective fan, as a fan with money on it, I don't even know how the, what the line was going in. So whether or not, you know, I'm sure many people took Cincinnati. So you're pretty upset that that didn't happen on the money line. Whatever, whatever your view of the game was, what do you make of the final calls down the stretch in the fourth quarter? The preponderance of those calls. And part of the reason I ask this, John, is when I went to bed last night, uh, I I just looked at Twitter and look, turned on Sports Talk Radio, knowing that no matter what time you turn on National Sports Talk Radio, on any day of the year, yeah, whether a game's been played or not, the NFL will be, be being talked about. So that is why, in that sense, last night I was grateful. I know as soon as I touched the button on my bedside <laughs> that, that the NFL would be being talked about because it always is. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. Every, you know. I, I, that, that worries me. And it's why we don't do it much here, even because you can get your NFL everywhere else, even on a Thursday, no, it doesn't at, matter Thursday at one in the morning on in late June. Absolutely. <laughs> so for us today to come out of our own, well, you were in, you know, you never talk. Well, you're right. They always, we never, well, <laughs> today we come out of that. And I do want to hear if you have any thoughts calls, texts, because what I was hearing on the air from talk show hosts, what I was hearing from callers, what I was hearing uh, and reading on Twitter, Johnny, was a sense of that was awful. That was yeah. the worst officiating ever. Not necessarily going to the fixes in, but a bombardment of the officiating crew, which some then, it, because they talk about how terrible it was and all mm-hmm. the bad calls, then leads beyond that. If you accept that as a major premise, then people say, how can it be so bad? Well, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you why. Then you start going down the Oliver Stone Road. I watched the summation the other night. Of, I hadn't seen JFK in a long time. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Costner as Jim Garrison, you know, on the trail of the assassins. Mm-hmm. And his summation scene in the film, JFK, lasts about 20 minutes, in which he indicts everybody and everywhere for the event on November 22nd. I mean, he, <laughs> he breaks it down and tells it's incredible. I mean, and I think there may be something in all of that. He says in 2038, some documents are going to be released and maybe we'll know more. We might live to see it, John. I, you might. I hope I do. I know Mike, you know, well, like you said, you want to know, was there an ex, <laughs> was there another shooter? Whatever. Maybe by 2038, and it's not a laughing matter. It's a terrible event in our history, but by 2038, maybe we'll know more. But that leads to, the whole idea of a conspiracy notion, the lead, you know, who having Kansas City and Mahomes in is a little bit sexier right now than Cincinnati would be. So, hey, you know, push comes to shove, you get these situations, you know, hold the flag, don't throw the flag on those two blocks in the back on the big punt return that set them up for the winning. Don't throw it. No, no, yeah, I see it, but I'm not going to throw it. You know, that is there some sort of subtle external pressure? They all feel, no, you can't, can't, can't call that. It's funny to watch the Cincinnati coaches on the sideline late. The special teams people and others were pointing out two different blocks in the back yeah. on the punt return. <laughs> yeah. And you can see them. Hey, look at that. And then they, over here. <laughs> and neither called right. when both probably could have been called. One of them. Yeah. And that probably changed. You probably go overtime and play instead of being set up essentially right. around midfield with those blocks in the back not being called. Uh-huh. I will be forever sensitive to blocks in the back not being called. 
in the 2001 Civil War game at Autzen when yeah. the winning touchdown yeah. was sprung on Keith Jackson himself. Oh, that'll be coming back. Oh, yeah. And they didn't, it didn't come back. Noah Happy was Yes, was he got in blocked back. in the back to spring that, and I'll, li- I'll live there forever as all Beaver fans should and any honest Oregon fan would. That <laughs> was sprung by an illegal block in the back. Absolutely it was. I was in New Mexico with women's basketball at a friend's house watching that, yelled out loud. Yeah. Block in the back, it's coming back. Right. It never did, and it's it's Keith uh, Jackson. Oh, that'll be yeah, coming back. It's it's utterly ridiculous. So so you're how right. Do you feel Twitter about it all? Is, Twitter is full of people j- just going nuts about it. I missed everything. I watched both games fairly closely. Mm-hmm. I let go of the Philadelphia 49er game, meaning it was on in the background. As all of humanity in did. whatever room yeah. I was in. Nobody cared. And to I watch was that. working in my office, right. setting things up and cleaning and just kind of puttering and had it on the background. So I didn't really, there wasn't much there. Uh, the 49ers burnt themselves by all their penalties in the second game, which what you're, you're describing and all that. I missed all of that because everything I saw seemed to be okay. I thought, <laughs> did when you, you said, watch the fourth quarter? Yeah. Well, not as closely okay, as I gotcha. did the rest of the game, <laughs> Okay, but I was watching most of that game. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to be a problem. I was watching absolutely when, you know, the ball on the punch hit the wire. And it, it did hit the wire, but they didn't have film of it. So I didn't think that was bad that they had to do a do-over because, or that they would have had to do a do-over, but that they didn't call that because they tried to look for it. And if the, if the officials and then the, the New York people can't see it, they can't just make a call, change a call, Based on everybody on the sidelines pointing at it, you have to be able to prove it on on tape. You can't just say that. Otherwise, every you know, you know when there's a fumble and there's a pile and players are going, mm. "It's our ball! It's our ball!" Well, okay, it always a lot of times it ends up being the other team's ball. Mm. Now the blocks in the back and stuff, I I just didn't see. I didn't see. I didn't see how it was griped about. I did see that last drive and the stupid hit out of bounds. But well, uh, that was a, actually a good yeah, call it was and a, good, a right call. Proper call. I, I, I mean, even right. people that even people that were ripping the officiating in general on that particular call. That was an easy call to make, and unfortunate for the young man who made the hit, it was a big mistake. And it was a, you know, I can't remember the exact circumstances yard line, but would they, and how much time was on the clock, would they, had he not done that, would they not have been, gotten themselves into field goal range. They anyway. would have had one more play to try to probably throw a quick out. They were out of timeouts. They would have tried to yeah. get a little closer, but the field goal would probably not, not from right at that spot, been good without right. the penalty. Right. That put them in legitimate field goal range. Yeah, but but no, blocks in the back, absolutely. You, you know, that I, I got to look. I got to re, re-watch the last half of that fourth quarter. Another one that, that's interesting, and it was good work on the part of the the television crew, the CBS crew to find in the mystery of what Tony Romo himself was at sea in terms of, well, they're bringing the offense back on the field. It's going to be fourth down. And after a full play was run, the stop occurred. It was going to be fourth and four. And they kept leaving the graphic up fourth down and four, fourth down and four punting unit. The punter out there was out there for Kansas city Mm -hmm. for a long time. There seemed to be a lot of confusion about what's going on here, what what just happened, because no whistle blew the play dead, at least an audible whistle. That mm-hmm. must be the rub at that point, that 
But the official, they showed a guy coming from way back. I'm not sure what position in the officiating crew he is, but Mm -hmm. he came from way back. Is that the back judge? I'm not sure who that is. But they finally found as they went through, and I can you can hear all of the work going on in the truck. Anybody got that? Did any camera get that? Which angle has it? It took them a while to find it, and after a while, when it and and Mahomes went back out on the field, and they converted. A huge moment in the yeah. game, absolutely gigantic moment in the game. On, <laughs> I guess on a certain level, that technically was correct, too, because you did have a guy mm-hmm. starting to run in from the back, waving his arms, but then he stopped. And this is what I don't understand. If he is clearly convinced that there was a clock functioning matter, mm-hmm. then that play is going to be blown dead regardless of, of the result. So I guess maybe he doesn't. But why allow the play to be run then? He he, right. he should have been racing in, racing in. Hey, 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 blowing his whistle. There's a problem with the clock. He backed off almost like, oh, I guess I, you know, we'll let the play play out, which he shouldn't have. Right. Because in Cincinnati's defense, there was no nobody on that field stopped playing. They played the full play completely without any sense of, whoa, whoa, there's a whistle over here. Right, right. And that was egregious, but was it technically correct to go back and call that uh, no play and then they get to run third down and nine and then there's a defensive penalty, I think, on the next play. They sack him, right. but while they sack Mahomes, there was a hole downfield, pass interference or a hole, automatic first down. Huge. Yeah. And that's where I'm sure all of Cincinnati, the city, the Queen City at that point was... Uh, they felt, yeah, I mean, they were up in arms and probably still are and always will be. Yeah. So the question here today, for those of you, whatever your rooting interest, whatever your interest at all in that game, what do you make of it? The tweets, as you've just said, John, they're they're just lambasting, <laughs> calling it in a season of terrible officiating, yeah. one of the worst games ever. Uh, we I'll, don't see enough of the NFL, neither you nor I do, to say, oh, yeah, this year was really bad. I can't speak to that. But the Twitter sphere was alive with that is yet another egregious example of how bad it is. Yesterday was terrible. It's right. been a bad season. <laughs> is NFL fans, those of you who do watch all the time and care and know, is that sort of rhetoric correct? And what did you make of yesterday in the midst yeah, of Yeah, because we, you know, you and I are embroiled uh, mostly 90% into college football, and we have our own issues in this conference mm-hmm. with poor officiating and bad calls, and we spend all day – you know, bemoaning that on Saturdays. So on Sundays, I don't really, I'm not really looking for it. Although I've watched more NFL and been into it more in the last five years than I had in the previous 15 or 20 years. But um, no, they're, 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 the one thing that I noticed when first starting out, because I'm, I'm watching these games thinking, well, how, how are we going to, how are we going to discuss this? What, what comes up? I don't want to mm-hmm. just watch and forget everything. And one of the things I noticed early in both games, in fact, was how how terrible they were. In other words, every other play was a foul. Every other play, there was a flag and stoppage. There was no flow to either game. It was not good football by either team when it comes to mistakes mm-hmm. and officiating <laughs> issues and things like that. It was just really a mess. And I know that, you know, 31 to seven in one game, you, you got those points in, but it just was sloppy. 49ers were sloppy with how many penalties they were getting on defense and uh, the, even the second game. So you're right, officiating. And, and I've heard a lot of background noise about the NFL officiating this year. So across the board, why is it getting worse? Right. And 
and that in that league, with all of the money riding on everything and the incredible business that it is, that seems to be an upshot of a lot of the tweets. Is this is inexcusable? Yeah, to have this level of officiating in this multi-billion-dollar business and product, it deserves better. Is sort of the argument that you got to find ways to clean it up and get better. Yes. Now that may be that's a general statement about the year and everything. I'm a little bit more interested in yesterday's specifics. Right. Was it real? I mean, take yourself out of it. Chiefs fan, Bengals fan, whatever. Did you watch it? Oh boy, there's another one. Oh, another bad. Oh, Cincinnati's getting jobbed here. Was that the nature of your conversations with your friends and in your home and in your own mind while you were watching that game yesterday? And if so. If that's sort of a general consensus around our world, then that's not good. That's not good at all on on a lot of levels. Take Cincinnati out of it, and again, uh, uh, put yourself in a position of, if that was your team, how would you feel today? And I have a feeling that we would be a little incensed in Beaver Nation had similar calls or non-calls or the holding of flags or this call made here and there. I think today our discussion would be very similar to probably what's going on in Cincinnati today. Here, here's a, a, a couple of tweets on what you were talking about a moment ago. Uh, one main tweet. The NFL dodged a monster bullet there. I've never seen a play get redone like that ever. And A response to that. The result of the play was going to be wiped out regardless. Mm-hmm. The back judge was running in before the snap. Yeah. I don't think this is as crazy as people are making I know. it out to be. I know. But then another one to that. Crazy because both punt teams were on the field. Right. How could the refs go that long and not tell that, a single player or coach what was going on? Exactly. Never seen anything like nope. it. Nope. And Tony Romo, well, oh, they're bringing the offense back out. He yeah. still thought when Mahomes and the offense came back out, that he, he thought that they were going to go ahead and go for it on fourth and four. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but all of this said about how bad it was. That point, that first one you read, John, technically, technically is correct. If the back judge was running in, kind of blowing his whistle and waving his arms, and they kept talking about you couldn't hear the whistle, well, did the officials, in fairness to them, even as bad as it looked and as unfair as it may have felt, you say, well, technically they were right. And the blocks in the back call, well, that's a subjective thing. It's not as though the It was so egregious and blatant that everybody in the world saw it but the officials. I mean, if you you want to weigh in on that on any level, feel free. We have a first hour, excuse me, in open phones. Now, closer to our world. Do you understand, John, I do not, how judging works in gymnastics and what the, when routines are hit, According to what Dougie said, and Michael Chaplin, by the way, will join us at 12.05. Listening to you and Doug, as I always do, sports and other things in the mm-hmm. morning. You guys and Dougie apparently followed or watched. Did the Beavers have a beam routine, was it, or a floor? Well, I, I, I guess it was beam as the last routine. was scored too low, and Tanya took it up with the judges, and they raised the score up, which would have ultimately given the Beavers the win. But then after in the dual meet with you, from what I understand it, the, a low score. Then Tanya says, what's the deal? They say she didn't do this, this, all and this. the required mm-hmm. elements. Tanya said, yes, she did. I guess they looked at it or they, they heard her. 
Michael will give us the yeah. lowdown. Put it up to a number, nine, eight, something, that would have given the Beavers the victory. Mm-hmm. And then without clarification from Doug this morning on details, they put it back down again to the original score. Now, maybe UCLA said you can't after the change fact. a score after the fact. Maybe they did. I don't know. But they will put it back down to the original scoring, 9675, I think, that then resulted in the uh, the meet ending up in a dead heat tie, 197-275 for each team. Mm-hmm. And by the way, 197.275, the highest score right. the Beavers have Tremendous ever gotten at result. UCLA. Yeah, it's a great result. And any 197 way. is great. So it was it was awesome. But it could have been a victory for Oregon right. State. But again, that's what Dougie saw. So we'll we'll ask Michael for uh, confirmation on that. So, but if you watched it, followed it, you know, have a have a feel for it, then <laughs> in this world of what was that all about? You know, I know that the the national and international focal point on the egregious calls or non calls in theory yesterday in Kansas City, in our in our world, in the Joe Beaver world. Down at UCLA in a duel at Poly, was there something a little, hmm, what? How precedented, unprecedented is for scores to swing? A particular score, I think you said it was 9675 was the something, original number. Yeah. Then they, Tanya argued, they raised it to a 9825 or something like <laughs> mm-hmm, that. But yeah. then after further review upon that, they lowered it back to their original right. judgment. So just that alone. That alone, if, if I I'm go, well, how common that? is that? Well, if I'm sleuthing that and that's all the information I get, I'd be like, well, it must be that they saw something, didn't think that it was there. The one coach says it was. They don't look at it. The other coach says you can't. Well, And then they buy it. They raise the number. And the other coach says you can't raise the number because you already gave it. And then they have to they, go back down. See, I, Michael, again, will explain if those of you who know the sport, the nuances, the rules, the the quirks of, of scoring and judging. And if you want to weigh in on that closer to our world, feel free. We also, after our first break, would love to hear from any of you who may have attended the diamond dinner. I heard there were about 550 souls within the Truax indoor center. So when we come out of break, anyone who may have attended, enjoyed the event, uh, the Seattle Mariners uh, pitching coach was one of the lead speakers. The Mariners big league coach who came up with Mitch through the Mariner system came down to participate in the event, moved to Truax to accommodate more so yeah, more people yeah. got to go. If you were part of it, if you're after going to the event, how it was laid out and presented, would love to hear your thoughts about the new venue, about how it went, your own excitement about the upcoming baseball season. Billy Rao is the MC. Jack Anderson is a former player sharing his thoughts. Uh, Pete Woodworth, is it? Is it Woodworth? I, I'll have to check with TJ. Woodworth, the pitching coach for Seattle. I don't know. Oh, I, you know, j- it doesn't roll off, you know, my, yeah. you know. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Pete Woodworth, the pitching coach for the Mariners. Uh, no Brian Price for me. But Pete Woodworth came down and was a friend of Mitch's and shared his thoughts. If you want to talk about how the event went from your perspective, feel free. And uh, wrestling with a dominant win yesterday over Cal State Bakersfield. Basketball, proud of the Beaver men to bounce back from 
really a, a poor performance in a lot of ways on yeah. Thursday night. They worked hard, but they couldn't get the ball to go in and struggled. It held Utah to 63, but lost. And then came back after that and played a, a, a passionate, uh, hard. I mean, their two three D, two three zone was very good. Ernie mm-hmm. Kent was really complimentary of how the Beaver defense, the zone, bothered Colorado into a rough night shooting. KJ Simpson, their leading scorer, ends up scoring a total of ten points against the Beavers in two games. His Season low, six in in Boulder was a season low, four the other night. The Beavers did a nice job containing one of the top scorers in the league with a very active 2-3 zone that turned Colorado over. And then Jordan Pope had a stretch, a Lillard-esque type of stretch, (laughs) Curry-esque type of stretch, hitting all manner of threes, some high level of difficulty threes that were fun to watch. Gil was rocking. If you were there and want to talk about that, Tough weekend for the Oregon State women's basketball team in that this close to beating Stanford really, mm-hmm. I think, got a rough whistle late in that game mm-hmm. overall against the Cardinal. And everybody's got to kind of bite their tongues, it seems, on going too far down that road about who's supposed to win this game, who's going to get the break here, who's <laughs> going to get the call here. It, it was hard to not kind of think along those lines or go down that road Friday night. And then yesterday, I, I listened to quite a bit of the mm-hmm, game, and I just, mm-hmm. this is a game now. Okay, eight-point lead going to the fourth. They took control with a nice finish in the third. Yep. And I could just kind of feel the creeping comeback. And okay, don't keep separation. Don't I let, know, don't and they let couldn't. Them. And that, that's a hurtful loss. So if you want to weigh in on any of these things, let's take a break, and we'd love to hear you out on all of the above, on some of the above, none of the above, if you want to go a different direction but if you, we don't talk NFL much. What did you make of the game? We got Isaac back in the Super Bowl, that's and right. that's a good thing. We'll try to get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. It was the battle for Corvallis, Crescent Valley and Corvallis. I, boy, wasn't it? Wasn't in that, that something game. else? Two of the key players yeah. in the game. Talanoa Hufanga, who is an all-pro uh, safety for the Niners from Crescent Valley versus Isaac Samalu. That's right beautiful. guard, starting right guard for the Eagles, which this will be his second Super Bowl. It's beautiful. And he was on the last time he was there, yeah. so we'll try we it again. We have like an eight- or nine-year run. I think we do. Of getting someone Either from, from the Beavers or the a Beavers lo- right. or local. 497-5356. Any thoughts on these matters? We'd love to hear you out on the phone line, the text line, open phones. Michael coming up at 12.05. Tony Romo invoked the other Michael. Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler yesterday. <laughs> a in a lot. rare That was an interesting pull, and I give Romo credit for going back to '92. And I give Nance that. credit for saying, "Yeah, how can you remember all those things? You're you're an <laughs> NBA expert now." It's pretty good, pretty good. We'll take a break and come back on 12:40, Joe Radio. At family-owned and operated Lifetime Gutters, they have over 20 years of experience in providing exceptional gutter services to a wide range of commercial and residential properties in the Willamette Valley, including gutter installation, cleaning, maintenance, and moss treatment. At Lifetime Gutters, they set the standard in guaranteed quality craftsmanship and back it with a lifetime warranty. To learn more or request a quote, contact Lifetime Gutters today at 541-360-0145 or visit their website at lifetime-gutters.com. University Hero and 5th Street Growler. Fresh subs, craft brews, and beefs. We're in Corvallis. Can you watch the Beavers on TV? Enjoy your favorite sub sandwich while drinking a cold craft beer or sipping on a glass of wine. 
University Hero and 5th Street Growlers, that's where it's a great combination. Stop by on 5th Street, downtown Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beefs. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time, so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest in Corvallis. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Hey, everyone. If you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell, like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the mid Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of San Am Highway for you to take a test drive. I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. That's mypowerhonda.com. I was like, Whoa. That's what I happens. That's what happens. <laughs> TJ was a red hat. On I do Saturday want it. Night. We'll get TJ's story at some point today. A red hat, <clears throat> meaning he's sort of controlling everything. I wanted to go to the young man a couple of times, you know, knowing that you have somebody you know, the red hat, meaning yeah. the one who tells the world, play on, points yeah. to the officials and says, we're good. In football, play. it's the red arm. Go. TJ, I'm still in break. Hold it, hold it. And I can just see TJ holding <laughs> his hand up. We're not ready. We're not ready. Parker, you ready? Yeah, okay, now you can play. I could use somebody like that in my corner <laughs> once in a while. Only for your pregame. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Dave and Tumwater. And I think we're going to hear from Dominic, uh, who was, uh, as always, is an uh, integral member of the Dugout Club. Dominic, give us a call if you can after we talk to Dave, and we'll visit about the Diamond Dinner. A huge hit Saturday night in a new venue. Yeah, A lot of people worked hard to pull that off to make it more accessible. So 550 or thereabouts, that's a gigantic 600. crowd. 600? Yeah, Dougie was there on It's Saturday. a gigantic crowd. In the meantime, Tumwater joins us first in a, an hour of open phones to get things going. Dave, nice to hear from you. We were a lim little limited in that respect last week. So glad you're on. Fire away, Dave. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks, uh, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I, there was, in fact, I, my main reason for calling, uh, there wasn't an opportunity last week, and uh, I, that was hopefully the preponderance of my available time. I can devote to that, but just since you brought it up, uh, 
Mike, I thought the uh, refs were a little too visible in that second game yesterday. And, um, uh, uh, I mean, the best referee, the old saying I think is true, the best referee games are the ones you don't Oh, no. He lost him. He must have hit the hit the off button with his cheek. Hmm. That happens sometimes. Well, Dave, feel free to call us back. He was. <clears throat> it, it sounded like a good point. Yeah. Was, <laughs> and like he was headed a on its way. On so, Dave, try again yeah. on the Downward Dog phone line. University Honda text line is 497-5356. You said you got a text regarding the gymnastics yeah, uh, conundrum I don't from know, I don't know what it means. I understand what it means when someone says uh, a routine, but they said that the routine was too low. It was The um, starting point? Or? Yeah. Okay. The, the value of the routine wasn't enough. We'll have to get Michael to okay. answer that. We have a couple of calls coming in that John will line up for us as we continue in open phones on the Joe Beaver Show. I think we'll get back to Dave and then I hope Dominic, if he's right behind him, on deck. If so, that's a couple of uh, good old friends, and indeed it is. So we've got our lineup going. Dave is up with Dominic. Dave, you'll be happy to know, on deck. Go ahead, Dave. Back to your point, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so I don't know what I got cut off, but I thought the refs were a little too visible in the second game. But uh, And that was a tough way for Cincinnati to lose the game. But I thought on balance, Kansas City played better. I mean, Burrow got the ball twice in the, in the fourth quarter, a punt on one possession, a pick on the other. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. so, and you might remember about four or five years ago, Kansas City lost the game late when they had a linebacker jump off sides on a fourth down play that gave Brady a first down. I don't, I can't mm-hmm. remember the particulars, but they lost a tough game. So, um, uh, so I thought uh, on balance, uh, Kansas City deserved to win that game. But I felt sorry for that player who committed that foul. Mm-hmm. That's always tough to see. The main reason I wanted to call Mike, and I, and I. I don't want to take up too much time because I know you want to get to Dominic quickly. But there was a story in the New York Times about a week ago. came to my attention, but there just wasn't an opportunity to go into it at length. And there might not even be now. But it focused around the University of North Carolina, which because of its basketball program certainly qualifies as a blue blood in that sport. And uh, But the gist of it was the the the, the Chickens coming home to roost, the unintended consequences of NIL support, and how uh, that department, athletic department, which is one of the better supported in this country, is already seeing money that was heretofore going to the athletic department for the support of 28 sports, the larger number of them supported by the two, mainly, men's basketball and football, but that money is now beginning to drift over in the NIL. So in that sense, the rich sports are getting richer. And here you have a high caliber. I mean, UNC is not quite obvious, but that is a high caliber institution. Mm-hmm. They're at that athletic, and they got a top-notch coach football with Mac Brown. They are extremely worried about what this portends downstream because it's at some level, Athletic support by donors is a zero-sum game. And money that was formerly going to the athletic department, that money that supported 28 sports, 
some of that money is now bleeding over into NIL deals from donors and corporate sponsorships. So what's happening, therefore, is fewer and fewer of the sports and players of the sports are getting more and more of the resources. And there's going to be a significant day of reckoning in, in higher education. That's the thrust of the, 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 the importance of this article in the New York Times, as I perceive it is that finally there might be some national discussion, but studious, reasoned, rational discussion, rather than what has passed for discussion about the, uh, the financial remuneration of athletes, which is, uh, and I hate to do this, Mike, but it's true. You know, from, from the fan perspective, I was just fine with the way things, and I'm not blaming you or John or KEGO, but the truth is the truth. It is the sports media that drove us into this box canyon. It's going to be a heck of a dickens of a time getting out from, uh, from underneath it. It goes back to the O'Banion case. I'm just, I just encourage you to look at this story, but people are really worried about it. I think we're protected from it a little bit from an Oregon State perspective because the football's, uh, uh, last football season was so productive, so uh, unex- perhaps even unexpectedly so, with a new stadium, so we're kind of fine. We're kind of we got our head above water with this. But if the University of North Carolina is worried about how they're going to pay for 26 other sports, you know that tide is going to wash up mm-hmm. in Corvallis sooner or later. Yeah, good point, Dave. And it's a good question, and one that we should down the road take up with our own fundraising arms for for Oregon State athletics, our Beaver Nation, and so on. And and see what they're seeing, see what they're looking at, feeling what they may even have slight concerns about along those lines. We're still pretty new in this whole world, so maybe there isn't enough sample size or data yet to draw conclusions about how life's going to be affected here. But I don't disagree with your major premise that you're right. If North Carolina is saying, hey, we're, we're concerned about it, then that... Everybody else is going to be too at some point. How for, else do you come up with the money? Reasons. You know, twelve, thirteen million dollars for a star quarterback. Where that has to come from a donor that would have given it somewhere else. Perhaps, yes. Exactly, John. Yeah. Uh, and 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 in North Carolina, it's not only the quarterback, but you've got the article starts out by saying the upside. You've got players staying around now for next year. <laughs> uh, the the right. Penixes, the Knicks, right. the starting five of North Carolina. Yeah, they're there for another year. But, they, but downstream from that circumstance, yes. there is a serious reckoning ahead. Yeah, great point, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for making it. And I'll just add to this yeah. before we get to Dominic. For years, for decades, any time pay-to-play came up, it would just almost unilaterally be said, no, it wouldn't make it. But but NIL is the exact same thing because they call it something different and they make it look like something different, but in the end it's, Oh, this guy's making this money. This guy's making that money. It's pay to play. It's not surprising that, that so many of the quarterbacks in our league, mm-hmm. just looking at our own world, right. have come back. Well, why? Well, <laughs> go ahead and look into that. It's You'll like the see old why. days, though, of when everybody played four years. It's like, wow, this is a great year. No, it's because of money. <laughs> Dominic, on uh, I hope <laughs> hey, that's a big subject. Dave just raised Dominic, and I'm not sure I have the. The, the stomach necessarily today to, okay, what does it all mean and where are we going with it? But he's right to raise that as, a, as an article that the New York Times wrote about last week. It's a significant matter, and we will discuss it as time goes by. 
more clo- closer to home, more immediately, Dominic, you're answering the call to, and I appreciate it, who went to the Diamond Dinner Saturday night? Well, many did, and you were involved in organizing it, putting the event on. Dominic, please just give us a sense of what the night was like, how successful it was, how big of a night it was for uh, Beaver baseball fans and players. Well, I appreciate it, Mike, and thanks for asking. Um, it, it was a great night. I, I have, uh, I, I, I don't know that there were 600 there. I, my guess is we, we were really close to 600. We, we had over, the, the last count that I uh, have any knowledge of was about, oh, probably 570, if wow. I'm remembering. But yeah. I, I, I noticed that we had some walk-ins. Mm-hmm. which we were not planning on. Um, I'm not even sure how that happened but um, and or how many. So if, if Doug, Doug seems to have a, a 600 number, then uh, I'll, I'll go with that. Okay. And, that and that was one reason why we moved over to Truax. And, and really, this was driven by Mitch's, uh, Mitch's idea initially. Um, we, we were to some degree, uh, had outgrown uh, the uh, Alumni Center. Um, I mean, you know, in most recent years, probably the last five years, we've had, uh, you know, we've had to turn people away. Mm -hmm. And um, and that that was always very difficult for for us to to have to say no to people, some some of whom are longtime dugout club members. And so... um, so Mitch said, "Hey, you know, let, let, let's open it up." Um, we looked, you know, we, we looked at a couple of different options, and uh, Truax is, is uh, what what came up. And and uh, we were frankly, we were a little bit nervous about a few of the uh, details of, of moving over to Truax. One of which was uh, how how uh, chilly it mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I know I, I went over just about every day last week just to kind of walk around in there and, and check it out. And, uh, it, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was cold. I wasn't sure how well they were going to heat it, but that worked out nice. really well. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, we, we got a lot of, a lot of positive feedback. I, I didn't get one negative mm-hmm. comment from anybody. And, uh, I'm, you know, I, I always make a point of walking around and asking folks about how it was going. So. Good. Uh, all in all, it was a great night. And, yeah. and tell us a little bit about the formatics. I, I think I've already mentioned Pete Woodworth. Billy Rao was the MC. Pete is a featured speaker. Jack Anderson spoke. But what I don't really ever get to Diamond Dinners anymore. Basketball is almost always in direct conflict. So right. does the whole team get introduced? Was there a red carpet of sorts? I mean, what, what does the night look like, Dominic? Well, so, so there, um, Mitch, Mitch had him set up a runway uh, type of deal. So, so right about at mid midfield in Truax, um, there there's you know black draping behind the stage, and and uh, the, the, so the stage was set up right about midfield and um, toward, toward toward the south end zone, if you will, and. Um, so, so yeah, there was a, there was a runway set up, a, a, a couple of couches on the runway. Um, that that worked out really really well. Um, you know, Pete, Pete, well Billy Rao, Billy does a great job 
right? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he understands the history of the program. Uh, he he uh, he highlighted the fact that that uh, Coach Riley, Jack Riley, um, was there along with Pat, and uh, mm-hmm. some somewhere in uh, social media, there's there's a photo. Yeah, of, I've seen um, it. Of, of the three, yeah, yeah, it's nice. And, and so that was that was wonderful to see uh, Jack there um, with with Gene. Uh, so, so yeah, so there was a runway set up. Um, Pete Woodworth did did a nice job. He was actually kind of brief, but but he, uh, he he didn't, you know, he kind of said something about he, he he. I think he went to Florida Gulf Coast and played ball, but um, and he, you know, he talked about loving loving what he did there, his college experience, and what that was like. But he he said, I've never ever seen anything like what's happening here mm-hmm. um, with, with the program and the, and the family atmosphere of the program and uh, what, what Mitch is building. So um, that, that was, that was well done. And then uh, Mitch introduced the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, introduced the coaches and uh, door introduced uh, all of his pictures and they, they kind of paraded out on the runway and, uh, and, and remained there until they had all been introduced. And, uh, he, he uh, Dor, Coach Dorman, um, said, said a, you know, just a word or two about each of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then uh, Darwin Barney and Ryan Gibson took uh, turns. They, they, they kind of flip-flopped uh, one after the other, in, introducing the rest of the team, the position players. And uh, they, they had some great, uh, sometimes funny comments about each of the guys coming up. Right. So the players were introduced that way. And... Um, and then uh, we, we, you know, we went back to Billy. Great, great hype video of uh, you know last year's highlights and uh, and and the, the upcoming team and what what their expectations are and uh, all the program has to offer. It was kind of a different take uh, in the video um, from from the current team about uh, just different different scenes about what what Oregon State means. What playing for Oregon State mm-hmm. means to mm-hmm. me, and uh, so so that was really well done. And then uh, we had a great silent auction and and uh, a, a wonderful uh, live auction uh, and a good dinner. And so in terms that, of that was, uh, the fun good. the fundraising yeah. aspect, Dominic, that this is for the dugout club for Beaver <clears throat> baseball, you're beginning now to kind of look at everything after the fact. You like, I mean, the numbers that you've touched on sound great. You feel like it was a in the sense of the reason for the event, not only a get together for Beaver donors, fans, dugout club members, that mission accomplished in terms of hitting goals about hey, we we need, we'd like to make X on this. Did you exceed expectations in a sense? Yeah, we we are. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's all right. We're we're still we're still going through um, the, the the numbers and and uh, so far from from uh, you know what I'm looking at. I, yeah, I, I think we've we've hit we've hit the goal that we have uh, set for ourselves. <clears throat> Boy, I'm really sorry. Well, I, Dominic, listen to me. Um, you get yourself you can pull your face away from the phone for a moment. I get it. I had that going on Saturday night at the end of the Colorado game. Let's close on this. It's all in the family at Oregon State. All of you know, all of the teams and sports and coaches and fan bases do, I think, a tremendous job of. Yep. Of building, the, you know, their own program in a sense, but it's all within the context of the family atmosphere that Pete yeah. Woodworth alluded to. So you guys all, when the event's over, it's too late to stream into Gill 
to watch the end of that game, but you all went over to the Hilton Garden Inn and watched the end of what was really a great win for men's hoops with a lot of people celebrating that, I'm sure. Yeah, and there was a good number of, of, of uh, people that did leave early because ah. we, we offered tickets to uh, some of our, our Beaver Nation offered basketball tickets to some of the attendees. Ah, good. I, I, I don't exact. Yeah, I don't exactly know how that worked, but but uh, a number of people left and and did head over to Gill. Good. Um, so that that was good. Yeah. yeah. Hey, last thing, and we're going to talk to Michael Chaplin about this. Apparently, I mean, you and Barb follow everything Oregon State. I, I love your love and passion for the Beavers so that you had eyes on the meet yesterday at UCLA. Is this accurate? And Barb didn't feel as though when you talk about did you get the right whistle in, in whistle-oriented <laughs> sports, how did you feel about How did she feel anyway about how well, the, the score came out at Pauley yesterday? Yeah, she was watching much more carefully okay. than I was, and I was I was in a different room, um, actually working on the uh, re- recapping the uh, the auction mm-hmm. for the diamond dinner, and, uh, and but I, I kept hearing you know just hearing a comment or two from her, and um, and, and that, enough so that I I, I walked in um, to watch Jade on on the beam, and um, I you know I mean we were both just really impressed with with her performance and you know and like you i mean i i, I don't know I, I don't know a whole lot about the intricacies of scoring but um it, it i i mean i i i was thinking nine nine plus mm-hmm. and i i said that out loud and um and then at, you know after that we watched the, the last two ucla gymnasts on their floor exercise and um and i mean they were great performances sure. but um, and I did notice Tanya after she, she was kind of in the background after Jade's performance, and and she was really pumped. I, I mean, I, I don't often see her emotion show like that, but but she, you know, she was really really excited for for Jade as she dismounted and stuck stuck her landing off the beam, and and then I, I kind of got away from it and. Uh, but you, you, you could tell after the gym, after the Forex for the two UCLA gymnasts, um, the scores came back, and, and uh, we, you know, we were down. I, I don't know how far we were, so I left it at that point, and uh, I didn't hear until I, I checked the website uh, later on in the evening and, and uh, noticed that we were tied. We ended up with a tie, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I know about that, though. I, okay. I, didn't, uh, I don't have any other details on it, and uh, I'll have to go back and watch it because we taped it. Hey, Dominic, congratulations to you, all members of the Dugout Club, Juliana from Oregon State Athletics helping to put on the event, Ryan Gorton, Mitch, everybody. It sounds like a, a great success, and congratulations on it. Thanks for taking time to share some of the, the things that went on Saturday night. We're all excited about less than three weeks away now from getting this thing going. Thanks for taking time, yeah. uh, Dominic. We appreciate it. You bet. Just a quick shout out to Juliana and Nixon and, and Ashton. Yeah. Um, for for I mean, it was a great event. Great event. And here we go. We're getting the baseball season. <laughs> yes, we are. Thanks a lot, Dominic. Great to hear your voice again. Thanks for the fa- uh, photos the other day of uh, the great Paul Valenti and Ernie Kent. That was a beautiful shot you sent us. And Ernie was really good, I thought, Saturday night on the telecast. Thanks for the time, Dominic. Let's take a final break. 
If you have any thoughts about that in light of the conversation with uh, Ernie on Friday and the call that he had then Saturday, uh, the job done by JB and Ernie, uh, we'll have more open phones. But it'll be Michael Chaplin up next with the Beavers and UCLA in a 197-275 deadlock yesterday at Pauley. We set them up, you knock them down. Island ball, family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Bowl. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Highland Bowl. We set them Corvallis. Equipped from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. You never know. You never know. How about uh, uh, Colorado? The staff, I mean, there were, Gil was busy. It's not the first time they've had a weekend with basketball, then gymnastics, then basketball, then wrestling, an event going on over I at the, the Truex. Oh, when I came up from uh, the press room. The mats were coming out. <laughs> they were bringing the mats out already. <laughs> right. Reminded me of being back at Allegiant Stadium after yeah. the Beavers routed Florida. <laughs> By the way, Petros, we believe, will join us tomorrow. And oh, you I'm got hoping, him? Well, <laughs> <laughs> did he answer? It's a little bit like the I old spoke. days of. Yeah, I reached out to Petros last Thursday. Yeah. About coming on today or tomorrow, and he said yes, I will look forward to it. I'll get back to you. I gave him all the windows of uh-huh. opportunity, and I'll get back to you. Well, sometimes when a guy of his caliber, you don't want to bug him again. Right, he said you right. get back to me. Right. Yeah, I haven't heard from you. Right. So. So did he? <laughs> he has not gotten back to me, uh... but he will. And we're going to, if he doesn't write before the day's over, I'm going to go back to him. Petros, <laughs> six question marks. <laughs> and, uh, and he'll be on tomorrow, we hope. He'll be the master of ceremonies for the football dinner yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Juliana, very busy with many things, but I do want to talk to her about helping to put on that event, about putting on the football event. But when we come back, Michael Chaplin, who will help us understand, I just, I seek to understand with Michael next on 1240 Joe Radio. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. 
I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. As it continues to struggle with its finances, Bed Bath & Beyond today confirmed plans to close 87 stores. The embattled home goods retailer will also shutter five Bye Bye Baby stores and its chain of Harmon drugstores. The company last week said it was working with strategic advisors to consider multiple paths to allow it to run its business as efficiently as possible. Bed Bath shares, which have taken a beating in recent weeks, are rallying 10.5% today. Stocks are in the red overall, however, the indexes show the S&P 500 down 46 points. Yes, the Dow Industrial is down 216, and the Nasdaq Composite has skidded 203, or 1 and 3 quarter percent. You've seen the signs of theme parks about being too short for certain rides. How about being too wide? The newest ride at Universal Studios Hollywood Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge warns that guests might not be able or allowed to ride if their waistline measures 40 inches or more. This illustrates how navigating theme parks has grown tougher for plus-size visitors. That's your money now. Here at the Big Game Headquarters, Total Wine and More, scoring huge savings on the perfect bourbon, local craft beer. Forgetting something? Oh, yeah. Cabernet, seltzers, and so many low prices. Mm, Valentine's Day is right after. Whoa, new game plan. You got this. Total Wine can help you score the perfect bubbly, too. <sighs> Thank you. I would have been so... You sure would have. Your Big Game Headquarters. Love what you find always at the lowest price, only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. Milk. Eggs, 42 bucks. Ma'am, you okay? Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank. When you think of Albans, you think plumbing. And when you think of plumbing, you think water. Hi, this is Katie Albin. Some plumbing projects don't have anything to do with water. At Albans Plumbing, we also work with natural gas and propane lines. So if you need a gas line for home heating, cooking, or for a gas water heater, give us a call. At Albans Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Albans Plumbing. Ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs Tire and Wheel in Albany. The Beggs Philomath store has closed, but the Albany Beggs Tire and Wheel location is open to serve all of their valued Philomath area customers and the rest of the Mid-Valley. Beggs in Albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road. Get your tires, wheels, tire services, and repairs at Beggs Tire and Wheel, the Valley's premier source for Cooper, Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. I'm Dennis Silvers, a golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you get relaxed but ready, ready, ready. Having a good address position in golf is imperative for developing a good golf swing, and how you stand at address affects how you swing. In order for your arms and body to move freely, which will in turn develop more club head speed, you must start from a relaxed, balanced position at address. The next time it's your turn to tee off, imagine yourself in a relaxed, athletic position. Your stance should be well-balanced and your upper body should feel reactive. What do I mean by reactive? Well, imagine if someone threw you a heavy medicine ball. You'd be able to catch it without losing your balance. When you have a solid foundation coupled with a solid setup position, this will serve as the basis for making a really good swing. So remember, when on the tee, feel relaxed and how the right posture can help you turn your swing into a much more powerful move. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. 
adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now they're SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin. That's my new Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Hello. 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 Let's hear a story. Someone somewhere a long time ago made a suggestion to a kid in L.O. You ought to go on the radio. But everybody knows. Take two to make a radio program. Down south, the Rao River kid wasn't so sure and still isn't. I'm just a country boy. I ain't even sure I want to stay in this dang old radio business. Ah, but stay they both did and met up in the Mid-Valley 20 years ago with a compulsion to tell him about the beavers in Corvallis and beyond. Tell him in Eugene, Albany, Salem, tell him! And in Jervis and Amity and Shedd and Lewisburg. Ah, but not just for today. Why are those radio programs every week? Have you a radio program coming in right now? Yes, but a reminder. Life's Yes, call now, because the Joe Beaver Show is on the air on 1240 Joe Radio. He never will. <laughs> Why not? Not big enough. He's a niche. Coburn. Uh, Bruce Coburn tonight at the Elsinore, downtown Salem. Doug, Doug, Doug in Salem. We're going to be there beforehand. Come on by. But Bruce Coburn, the great tonight, 8 o'clock, Elsinore in Salem. My whole family's going excited about it. And if anybody can tell me, hey, good place around the Elsinore, for a pre-event, please text or let let us know because the show starts at eight. Have with Coburn, thank you. Have I don't fun. think Michael's going to join me, but we're glad no, he's joined us here. One of my favorite favorite coaches to talk to, Michael Chaplin, associate head coach of gymnastics. Just real quick, what would be a concert that you and Tanya would go to in <laughs> the summertime? Have. Yeah. <laughs> well, I personally would. We're going to Bruce Springsteen, but that that's my go-to. Oh. But she would be more like Elton John or Adele. Would be her okay. her go to, but uh, Springsteen's coming to the up to Portland, and I'm going. I like I like Tanya's choices better than you. Hey, when is uh, <laughs> when is hey, the boss? Not for everybody. No, man. I got you. Nor is Coburn certainly, who will never play the Motor Center. <laughs> when is Springsteen the other Bruce in my view? But when is Bruce Springsteen coming to uh, Portland? I want to say it's. Oh, I don't have my calendar in front of me. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. We're going to fly back and and uh, and just stay in Portland and, and watch the concert. Nice. It's not too far from here. Nice. Well, so, you just flew back yesterday. February. Michael, thanks for taking time for us. You guys come back yesterday. You had a busy weekend. I, I don't even know where to begin. You and John were beginning to dialogue about it off the air. I, I've heard from fans who felt like things weren't necessarily. I mean, I know there's always some uh, consternation, you know, in a, in a sport as subjective when it comes to judging and, and how scores and what the criteria are and so on. I'm not terribly familiar with Michael. All in all, as you come out of Pauly, 
with a great score, 197.275, and a tie with the Bruins. What are your overall thoughts about how your team performed, about that score, and was there any kind of attendant controversy in your guys' mind coming home? Uh, like you said, it was it was a great score. We were super proud of the team and the way they performed. That's kind of something you always have to be number one and, and keep your focus on because judging, it, you just you don't know sometimes. It's perspective and I mean, subjective, and so they can see something a little differently. And it, I, I felt like they knew it was a close meet going as we were finishing on beam. Our, our beam team just crushed it. Um, but there was a little bit of controversy with a couple of the star values. Tanya ended up submitting an inquiry, which is within the rules, and um, was kind of after the meet was over and the, and the 8,000 people left that they were like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. In terms of the start value there, let's raise your score. And so that brought us up to a tie. We were like a quarter tenth behind. Um, do I think we won that meet? I do, but the um, main thing is I was really pleased with our performance on the road in a big a hostile environment with with a Pac-12 uh, opponent. So, so to be clear, <clears throat> did they raise it after the Tanya's inquiry and then decide to go back down, or was it the opposite? They looked at the inquiry and brought you up. So they they put the the scores go in right, yeah. and then we we put in a sub uh, an inquiry. Now those scores that that kind of go out to the public initially are are not official, right? Until the coaches sign the score sheet. Ah. So we didn't sign anything. So there was a little bit of preliminary um, as we were going through the inquiry. I'm not sure of one score. At one point I heard people said that we won the meet because of the way the score was. But again, that was, I, I don't think that was official yet mm-hmm. until they had haggled it. I mean, it took us a good half hour of Tanya having to get the score, the, the book, show them an element that they should have counted that they didn't. Mm. And they finally were like, okay, you're right, and but we're only going to raise it, you know, after we read, because they can go back and look at the whole routine again, basically, mm. and, and they raised it just enough to make it a tie. Wow. So, uh, wow. yeah, that, that, that's the way that the game works. Sometimes. Michael, do so, you think that raising it just enough to get a tie is, in a sense, calculated, like, okay, we'll do this, but we're not going to have you win the meet? I mean, because they would have heck to pay with the other coach and program? Yeah, because the Pac-12 Network just got off the air saying that uh, UCLA had won the meet, oh. you know, and so that and it's, it's a little awkward, right? And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, but that's part of our sport. Until really all the scores are official, meaning we have put in all of our inquiries and we will sign the sheet. Until we sign that sheet, it's not official. But TV, you know, you know the business. It, it's their own time frame, and, and they want a story to tell. And I think the, they they moved forward a little bit, but. Um, I don't think it was calculated. Like, I don't think it was the judges per se, really. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I can't get into that too yeah. much, but, you know, it was interesting how it all kind of unfolded there at the end. Was it Gonzalez, the, the 9675? She, actually, she, actually, we did have an error in, in that routine mm-hmm. that, that, uh, but we, we will easily correct that. It was Jenna Domingo. It was one of her skills that they said wasn't uh, an A value. They go through A all the way to F. Yeah. But they said it wasn't. We had to go back and bring the the book out and 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 really show them this certain skill. And they're like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> and literally, because <laughs> wow. they didn't have her to ten star value because all of ours are ten ten star value. So that was the the big controversy, and we were able to get that one raised. Oh, okay. The other one with Sydney Gonzalez was a beautiful routine, but mm-hmm. there it was an element that was left out. 
uh, that, that caused the start value so, uh, to be lowered. Got it. Got it. Okay. Michael Chaplin, associate head coach, Oregon State Gymnastics. These last home home meets with the big crowds, how fun has that been? You knew it was happening because of pre-sales in the offseason, but uh, great to have things really going back at Gill Coliseum. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. I feel like things are getting back to normal. Uh, the fans are showing up. Um, that energy, you just can't be. I was, in 2021, I was thrilled just to be competing again. I mean, after coming, you know, the 2020 year, not going, I'm like, hey, I, as long as we're competing, I was happy with that. But nothing, and last year was an improvement, you know, but it was still a lot of people were either nervous and or had didn't want to go through the restrictions to get into the building. I think this year, everybody's like, hey, we're, we're good to go. And, and people are showing up again, and I think we see that in all the venues, and it's super exciting to have uh, guilt filled with uh, gymnastics fans. Now, you head to Washington on Saturday. Uh, Washington and Oregon State have had some great rivalries. They've had some great teams. I haven't paid attention. Where are they now, and what do you expect uh, this Saturday? It's going to be a really good meet. Jen, uh, Jen Llewellyn, formerly Jen Kessel, was one of our former gymnasts, was at Lindenwood for many years. It took over a year ago. This is her second year. Um, they've really improved. I think they're 22, I believe. I'm not exactly sure what the ranking is. We moved up to 12. So it's going to be a, a tough competition in, in their arena. Uh, but we're looking forward to uh, going up there. Like you said, it's a great rivalry. But obviously we have that tie and that connection with Jen. And that's, that's always fun. But we still want to beat them. So oh, it'll, it'll be a great meet. Did Washington... Hopefully Beaver fans will drive up and watch. <laughs> that would be nice. Did UCLA fall at all from six? They did. They uh, from their ranking, they yeah. they might have dropped a little bit. It was still a pretty good score. I mean, we both both teams had done really well. They they had to count a fall, but um, they didn't they didn't drop off too bad. I think, well, I want to say they're uh, sixth or seventh, somewhere in that range. Michael Chaplin joining us. <clears throat> Michael, when you talk about fans driving up from here to Seattle, you'll get some who will do that. I'm sure to follow your great program. You've already touched on a little bit the atmosphere within Pauly yesterday. How great was it, the size of the crowd, the energy, the excitement, the enthusiasm in the building? But I also wonder, too, I heard, <clears throat> excuse me, and maybe this is typical, but were there some UCLA fans well aware of your routines and trying to mimic them off to the side? I mean, is that a common thing? Some Occasionally you'll see people that will... Uh... I don't know if they're doing it negatively, but they'll, they'll, I didn't see too much. I really focused in on our stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't know if any of the fans were. It was actually a pretty, it was a Pac 12 generally are nice fans. You know, if you go to the SEC, you're going to run into some really <laughs> obnoxious people, I will say that. <laughs> and I'm pretty proud of the Pac 12 overall mm-hmm. for the most part. We, we were pretty civil, and they understand that gymnastics, you don't really, there's a certain etiquette, right? And, and so there might have been a little bit of that, but there were nearly 8,000 people there. Wow. Uh, my former coach, Tanya's former coach, were there, so it was great to see some of our old friends from our time at UCLA. One of our uh, gymnasts, Francesca Casso, her dad was a uh, on the men's team a couple years before me, but he was all decked out in his beaver gear, <laughs> just giving it to the ref. So it was <laughs> it was it was fantastic. It was a good it was a good environment. Who heckles gymnasts? That's like heckling <laughs> golfers. Well, that's terrible. yeah, exactly. It's, it, but they're out there. Trust me. There's a few times we've been places that that it, it's kind of surprising. It, but for the most part, it's it's pretty good etiquette. Michael, you mentioned Francesca Casso. It, before we're we're concluding the conversation, we want to hit again on another amazing performance by Jade. But what about Francesca yesterday? Her career best 
uh, on bars and just, you know, a freshman, tell me what you're seeing with her and how great that was for her dad or family to get to be there at Poly and see that. Yeah, it, it was a blast because she is a beautiful gymnast, great bar worker. A normal freshman had some inconsistencies early on, but that's, that happened. Uh, but uh, this was, you know, in her backyard. She grew up watching UCLA gymnastics. Her dad was a gymnast there, and and uh, luckily uh, we got her. And and I think we're going to continue to see great things from her because she is such a a phenomenal bar worker and a, and a beautiful gymnast on the other events. It's just a matter of getting. We have pretty good gymnasts on all the events, so the getting into the lineups is tough. But I think down the road you'll see a lot more of her as the years go by. Was there any other thing before we ask again about Jade? <laughs> Obligatory because she warrants it. What a when you say we were lucky to get Francesca. Certainly, there's an element of hard work and diligence and, and luck. Perhaps who knows when it comes to Jade saying yes to you. What a beautiful story it is. But before we get to her again, Michael, any other event or performance yesterday that rose to a level that you, your coaches, everybody was excited about seeing the hard work pay off in a in an event or two with with your athletes that really hit it well yesterday? Well, for me, it was, you know, bars has been one of our events that we've been trying to improve on over the years. And we've had to recruit some people in, and we have a, our, it's one of our youngest lineups, to be honest with you. Um, so I was really pleased to see them big step forward, the last meet and this meet. But overall, our beam team is unbelievable. In a high-pressure situation, 8,000 fans, we had to finish on the most uh, nerve-wracking event and and I have to say they, that team did a great job and and nailed all the routines. So that that definitely was the highlight. On floors, great. I can go on and on. Floors, <laughs> fantastic as well. And our vault's getting better. So um, you know, stay tuned, Beaver Nation, and come out and watch watch us uh, compete in Gill. Do, yeah, do, do they rank you by by uh, uh, by event like they do sometimes in football? They'll say the number one linebacking crew in the in the conference, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And so Beam is our highest ring, yeah. and then um, Bars is our, probably our lowest, but we're moving up, um, and then Floor is we're top 10 on Floor as well. So those, those two are definitely our, our strengths, and, and uh, we're making progress on the other two for sure. Your best friend missed you on the trip this week, and I can hear your, uh, your canine friend in the background. We'll turn you loose here in a <laughs> moment. About that. No, that's okay. That means that's love and affection there. Speaking of Floor, Jade Carey with a 9975, I've heard from fans, is that should have been a 10. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, uh, Michael. And maybe the should have been, you have to kind of throw that out at times if you take this, your own bias out of it. But what about her floor routine yesterday? Did you feel pretty good about it? I, absolutely, I, I actually thought that one was a 10. It's, it, it was a beautiful routine. One judge did throw a 10, the other one, 995, right? But there are different angles. Maybe that one saw something. We we put in inquiries on her routine one time, and some of the responses I get were like, it didn't make sense. So, um, But it's, 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 uh, she's going to get more tins down the road, I guarantee, and, and, uh, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Last thing for me, did you expect career highs? You got three of them involved. In uh, a 9-8 from Briones, I don't know how to say her last name, Lech matched your yep, career Breonna. high, and then Gonzalez. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, and especially on the road, that was a big deal, you know, and that's, that's something that we're really excited about, and um, we, we know they're capable of it. That's the cool thing about this team, too, is that they're going to get better even, and, and we've seen that early on. We had a rough start in Vegas, but uh, I think we're going to see a lot of big scores as we move forward. 
Michael, thanks for your time. Uh, what is the name of your dog, and what kind is it, by the way? It is my my daughter and son in law's dog. It's a his name is Bandon because Hogan obviously is a, a golfer <laughs> over Tristan Tree, so he's named after Bandon Dunes, and he's a little uh, uh, he's a little uh, a doodle, one of those uh, um, labradoodles. Ah. So he just he I get to watch him now because I, I didn't have to go in this morning. So. <laughs> I'm on dog duty. Yes, you are. Duty. You better get Bandon out there. Somewhere. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm going to take him for a walk here in just a second. <laughs> good for you. Michael, thanks for your time, as always. We appreciate it. Congratulations, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Go bees. Michael Chaplin getting ready to take Bandon oh, out somewhere. <laughs> Bandon was demanding, wasn't he? Bandon was getting a little more, more so, into so it. So what there. did we learn? We learned two things. He's going to go see Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> not Coburn tonight at the Elsinore. I'm telling he you. He has a dog named Bandon. Every time we talk to Michael, we learn something new. And who did Tanya, who would she want to see? Adele, and who was Adele the other? Adele and Elton John. Oh, Elton. Good I mean, choices, both. Great choice. And you like, you would, if you were given a choice of Elton, Adele, or Springsteen, Bruce would be last on that list. You go Elton, yes. Elton Adele, and then yeah. the boss? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I wouldn't, it'd be a close third <laughs> for Adele and Bruce. Okay. Elton. Hands Easy. Down. And yeah. by the way, I have you all beat on February 20th. Kim and I are going to go see the Eagles. That is pretty cool. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you wait. that. Even though I've seen my man Coburn many times, if given the choice between Bruce and the Eagles one time, I might actually choose the Eagles, but probably not, though. In the end, I'd go back to my man. Anyway, anybody, <laughs> any Salem, Doug in Salem, the Elsinore. I've I never think been, he's written to I've it. never been there. Is there any? I look forward to the venue. It, it, that's an old theater, is it not? Doug's the only only I mean, texter that writes in that starts, "Dear Joe Beaver." Yeah. Show. So without seeing his name, he did write in. Okay, Salem. I, we'll take a break on that. Anyone else from Salem or know the you know the Elsinore? You know the territory around the Elsinore. We're looking forward to a gathering spot beforehand. Doors open at the Elsinore at seven. Uh, the master plays at eight. So we're looking for a place to gather beforehand. How many times have you seen him? Eh, it's probably in the 20s now. Do you love him? I mean, is it uh, it's is it new every time? It's it's just a he's getting on in years. I think some some of the rest of us are too. <laughs> At least it's it's my sense of things. But uh, I'm not sure how many more times you're we're like, going to get like to see Walton him. In the yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Virtuoso guitar player, brilliant lyricist, great artist, great human being. Bruce, tonight at 8 at Elsinore, where should we gather beforehand? Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. 
Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758. 8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center. Now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as blue pine TG, shiplap pine, and S4S dimensional pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center. Conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Hey, everyone. If you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell, like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So things you, you catch what you got. Uh, you got something before we get to Dave. Is this from Doug? This is from Doug and Salem. Elsinore report, scouting report. Oh, oh, here's a good idea. Hope you can get Angie on your show on Wednesday, February 1st, national LOI. That's a good point. I think we will. Yes. And I'll be gone. You'll be gone. So we'll get her on. We hope to have Petros tomorrow. Angie. Yeah. Uh, Grace, I need a one-way ticket to Phoenix. Anyway. Was so happy with a smiley face yeah. for the win in basketball on Saturday night. Maybe some more wins yep. in the rest of the season, Doug, from Salem. That was what Ernie was saying. He says this team with five home games coming up still, Ernie was very, uh, uh, I thought, upbeat about, and he should have been. The, the Beaver basketball game Saturday night was fun. The energy in the crowd John Saturday, you were there and you felt it. it. Oh yeah. You know, in spite of the struggles, in spite of the, the difficult loss on Thursday, in spite of some of the yeah. things that, that ha- and do have indeed befallen the team and the ups and downs and the inexperience and so on, they're trying to work through on the fly, on the run. They play hard. They play they do. with a verve and an excitement and the fans were into it. The things Saturday were, night. Things were falling. Unlike the night, you know, the game before. And I'll say that, uh, 
that night, the particular promotional honorees were great. I don't know the exact name of the organization, but it was it was a home like where a place like where my daughter works up in Portland with special adults, and they played at half. Yeah, half wasn't time. that sweet? That oh, was yeah. awesome. It was great. The crowd went nuts. The one mm-hmm. guy was shooting threes, and he hit one. And yep. I mean, that was so fun. And then there was a a, a contest that they always do during a timeout where. You put a you shoot a, a small ball into a barrel, you win a small prize, and then you shoot it from the same place to the further barrel, and then three and then four barrels out. Well, this guy, he didn't understand. And so he took the ball and he put dumped it into the first barrel and the crowd cheers. <laughs> then they gave him the second ball and he ran back up to the second oh, barrel. Okay. And, and they, they gave up trying to explain yeah. it to him what he's supposed to do. And I just loved it yeah. because the crowd Loved it. I just loved right. that whole thing. Yeah. And I was thinking of my daughter the whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that part was great. I mean, you know, you go to games and win or lose. I always have a good time. And I'm not supposed to because I'm quote unquote working and serious. But I'm sitting up there going, this is awesome. I saw you conversing occasionally. I looked up there and we're going to go to Dave. Hang on, Dave, on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line open. Doug has helped us a little. Well, Doug didn't help with the Elsinore, but he checked oh, in from Salem. Some, some Elsinore oh, good. Uh, tweets. Ah, good. Twi- uh, texts. Text. And uh, Kip has texted us about the Elsinore. Thank you, Kip, for that. But heading to Salem tonight, wanting to get there for a pre-function early before the doors open at the Elsinore at 7 for the concert at 8. So we're looking for a fun place to hang out up there. And Hey, man, if you're there and love the beeves, and are going to the Coburn show. Come, you know, let's all meet up there. How about that? I'd love to see somebody. Where are you hey. tie dye? Uh, <laughs> it's not. To, that's not to put, necessary. Put it is for Bill, into- and when he goes to his shows, <laughs> let's go to uh, Dave on the uh, Downward Dog phone line four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon. So I've only been to one show at the Elsinore. But it, it's a nice little theater. It's got a, a balcony. Um, I, I don't know what capacity might be, maybe 1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, there's not a bad seat in the house. It's got great sound. Um, I believe you can get some adult beverages there when you, when you come in uh, where you, you know, would normally get, like, popcorn and snacks at, like, a, mm-hmm. you know, and normal movie theater so it, it may have been because i don't think it was converted from a movie theater I mm. think it was actual like a theater theater right um right didn't have that feel so it was actually you know they put on plays and things like mm-hmm. that um now i i can tell you i i saw sawyer brown there a few years ago mm-hmm. and uh and uh dwight yoko's been through there um now you know springsteen of course um so Keep an eye on that website because every now and then they get some, you know, some of these older guys, but, you know, that were, you know, really impressive pulls for, you know, a place like Salem, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, not, and for me, it's convenient. I live in Salem, so um, it's it's a five minute drive. Parking, you may, you may walk a few blocks uh, from parking, but it's, uh, it'll be a nice stroll in the brisk weather. Hey, uh, Kip, Kip mentions yeah. Dave Venti's Cafe. Do you second that? Venti's? I mean, I again, I that's oh, territory absolutely. I don't get to very often. Absolutely. Okay. Um, there's, there's a few different restaurants downtown close to that area, um, and I, I don't remember the names of all of them, and I won't you know, necessarily yeah. go plug anything in particular. Right. But you won't go wrong going to Venti's. Okay. Um, so 
So well, I would say I would say that's going to be a good bet. Um, give yourself a little a little time. Uh, those downtown restaurants can get a little bit busy mm-hmm. um, right after work. So okay, uh, you know, make, make it a nice evening. You're going to enjoy it. I think just. Uh, and I wanted to get in a little bit of the sports. Sure. If you got a Please. Uh, first of all, it, it seemed like a few years ago, and, and I don't remember if it was college or pro, there was a, a pass play that, that the ball hit the wire, they thought hit the wire, and they, they didn't really do anything about it either. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why? they got to have a way to, to configure <laughs> that, how raise it up, I don't know, configure it a little right. bit differently so right. that wire's not a problem. And I thought, you know, out of, out of the reactions that that you got on the sideline on that particular one yesterday, you, you know, the kicker point there, everybody on the sidelines pointing there. I mean, they, they didn't rehearse it. You know, right. they, if, you, if you miss it, you know, point at the wire real quick. Yeah. So the replay couldn't confirm it. So we're not going to. I mean, I'll just tell you that. And, and of course, you don't want to make that a habit. You know, every time a kicker misses, he's pointing at the wire. But um, you know, it's, it seems it seems like the way that that one went down and the reaction. You go, yeah, he, he had to hit it. Let's let's re-kick it, right? Um, right. Which makes it a little bit different game. Um, other than that, I just wanted. I had a question about nil, and, and then well, I'll, I'll say my comment first. Okay. I I think that yeah. Okay, so. Just real quick, I think that if it was actual players that were allowed to go out and solicit their own sponsors, then it wouldn't feel like it does. But because they're allowed to develop these slush funds and and cooperatives and things like that, it does feel like pay to play. Uh, so I think if, it, if, it, if you know everybody go out, you know, even to be able to hire an agent and find this money and go to these sponsors and things like that, then it, it wouldn't feel the way it does. Um, my question is. Now that there's these, you know, Beaver, build the dam fund, whatever the it is. The collectors, remember, yes. But mm-hmm. once once that's done, does does all that money fall into Title Nine type uh, regulations, or should it? Great question. Where um, that money's got to be developed, divided equally with the women and the men. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. that, to me, you know, just just being a provocator in, in that sense. That um, you know, I can see that coming up in the future, where maybe someone from women's sports says, "Hey, wait a second, I deserve just as much money as that, you know, as anybody else." Well, so, you know, I think we may have a po- potential guest who might be able to broach later in the week, maybe even Wednesday, Doc. I- I'm not sure. Doug talked about no, uh, maybe maybe somebody from the Damnation Collective. Oh, yeah. Dave, we got. Uh, did you say you had a question? We got to get going here. Did you, or was that the question? No, that oh, was that. Okay, that good. Was the question. Thank you for the Thanks, scouting Dave. report on so the Elsinore. Here, here's a thought on that yeah, too, yes. though. Um, we may have somebody you can broach a number of questions with later in the there, week, right here in studio. Isn't there one? I saw one on the OSU website. It was a while ago. Things have changed so mm-hmm. fast. I don't know if it's right. still what's going on. Or you could give to. You could click on a name on any sport and give money. Well. I think that exists. And yeah. Okay, so then if someone is going to give to a quarterback all their money, <laughs> then there isn't any left over. So in other words, Title IX wouldn't say, well, if you give them $10,000, you got to give the volleyball player. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that, not right. I don't think there's been any aspect along those lines that's in play. Right, in so place. that will take away. And I think that uh, 
Dave's point on the New York Times article right. is just another aspect. You know how you have conversations about something that's new, and it's new. It could be anything, and you're standing around with a, a group of people, or you're, you're with someone, you're talking about it, and you're thinking of an idea. Well, let's do this, and you okay, and you and only you know along the line you go, oh yeah, yeah, we, we can't forget about this. Oh, I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that. Well, this NIL and transfer portal thing is so new that. Another thing that came up, and, and it, we did bring it up last week prior to Dave's call this morning about the New York Times article where we just kind of said, you know, in fact, somebody might have posed, posed the question about if all the money is coming in for NIL uh, or just NIL, what's your, are all the donors coming over? In other words, how many donors right. do you have that can the, give to the all-around sports yes. and an NIL? Because it seems like most would be, well, I only have enough right. for one, so I'll give to NIL, and then the regular sports, it's left yeah, out. Now, that, th- those are excellent, fair questions yeah. and subjects, which, again, I come back to not knowing enough about the amount of data that's in on all of that yet. Right. If you went to every version of our Beaver Nation around the country, to every school, and it sounds as though right. what the New York Times did with their North Carolina story was specifically, okay, North Carolina, what's going on in your world? And they told them. Right. Now, I, I don't know what that means is happening in our Beaver Nation and in our world. Right. I do know just before we take a break, and I wonder how different things are with the nil world with respect to donations given specifically to a specific People can and have always been able to say, I'm going to give X amount of money to baseball. Right. I'm going to give it to women's basketball. I'm going to give it to wrestling. I'm going to give it to football. I'm going to give it to track and field, whatever. That's always been the prerogative of a donor. Many do give philanthropically to the general fund that thus can then be used right. in general terms. But oftentimes gifts are specified, you know, a major gift to the building of Reeser Stadium or whatever else and the completion of it. Right. So I'm wondering now you know, how different life is. You know, are major gift givers and donors and people who have the ability to give along those lines not giving as much to the general fund or even some specific gifts they gave before are now going, I want to support player Y right. in the nil world. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know how that goes. It's set up for that, however. Let's take a break. We can't answer that now. I'm not sure. Again, those are questions way, way above our pay grade. But down the road, I'm hoping we can perhaps speak to Scott himself or others in the world who this is how it's looking in these early, the early years, the early months and days of this bold, brave, new, at times bewildering world. This is kind of what we're seeing. We think it's moving in this direction. We're concerned about this. We're excited about this. We're not quite sure where it's all going to kind of settle, but we're monitoring everything on a day-to-day basis closely, and we have we have responses. We have plans in place to make sure we don't, you know, that we keep everybody in a very real sense taken care of in terms of resources available to all sports within the 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 athletic department uh, plan and vision. I, I'm sure Scott and his people, you know, have got to. If every everything, well, everything, all the money's waiting over here. We don't have anything left over here. I, I, I somehow, some way, I don't feel that that's. Dave said he doubts whether that's happening here yet, but we 
we know that responsible uh, minds and people keeping close tabs on all of this, well, that exists, and, and we'll see how it all sort of settles and pans out in the days ahead. Something that's not exactly the same, but it's parallel to that because it's brand new, is the portal. So do coaches go and reload their teams 100% through the portal, and then what becomes of well, the high school stars? Yeah. There there have been quite a few articles of late coming out that in, in basketball mm -hmm. in particular that a lot of young people uh, in the past who would have gotten or played their way, earned a scholarship or an mm -hmm. opportunity at, at a group of five or power five or somewhere in D1 are, are not getting those same opportunities right. now because of all of the and there's time like spent 3, in the portal. 3,000 guys in the portal with that for football. I don't know yeah. about basketball. Let's take a break. Uh, if you'd like to jump in on any of these things, if you want to talk about uh, Yesterday's NFL officiating world, are you excited about the Super Bowl matchup that given all of Cincinnati's complaints and the, the city of the Queen City today up in arms and enraged, should they be? If we were Beaver fans, we would be. If we were on the back end of some calls and non-calls, I mean, however you view that and look at it, is the Super Bowl matchup a compelling one from your perspective? You, I feel bad for the 49ers. I mean, how do you, they had no shot when you're down to, you know, I mean, they just could not function offensively. True, but Philadelphia's defense is great. And the 49ers' defense was excellent, stopping Philadelphia. They just kept screwing up because they'd stop them on third down but commit a penalty. 497-5356. Any thoughts on yesterday's championship games, the Beaver men's and women's hoops, gymnastics, wrestling, the Diamond Dinner? If there's some things you'd like to jump in with, and if you want to give us a scouting report or me at least, my whole family's going, I'm so excited about that. I get to go with my wife and two daughters and friends, meet up with old friends tonight in Salem. Where should that meetup take place prior to the Elsinore? 1240, Joe Radio. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be what happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the mid Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? 
Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of Saniam Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. That's mypowerhonda.com. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs Tire and Wheel in Albany. The Beggs Philomath store has closed, but the Albany Beggs Tire and Wheel location is open to serve all of their valued Philomath area customers and the rest of the Mid-Valley. Beggs in Albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road. Get your tires, wheels, tire services, and repairs at Beggs Tire and Wheel, the Valley's premier source for Cooper, Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. All right, let's heading down the stretch. What do you here. got on the University Honda text line? Thank you, anybody that's taken time to write. We appreciate it. What do you got, Johnny? Okay, I never know if I should go top to bottom yeah. or if I should go subject. Uh, here, here's just uh, uh, here's one, um, orange one, and fork40.com. I imagine that's a restaurant. Fork, f o r k f o r t y. Okay. Com. Thank you, Dave. Okay, Glenny says, I think it was an Oregon game where the kicker nailed the wire and knocked the camera down. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. The network tech guy wasn't exactly happy. Too bad. Get the <laughs> camera out of there. It's not about him first. <laughs> Here's one that just came in. Hi, guys. I tuned in late today. Happy for the men's basketball team. Needed something positive. Good for Wayne. Have you discussed women's basketball? Super disappointed at the loss at Cal. Well, we brought it up. And we well, talked it. about it early. We haven't, uh, you know, we talked about an unfavorable whistle down the stretch. Uh, I think, now I almost said obviously. Somebody told me that Ashley Adamson late on her postgame that Friday night started to go down that road when Talia got her fifth foul against Stanford and almost uh, caught herself short of and that was not a, well, yeah, a tough oh, really? situation for really? Talia, where she you could tell she was champing at the bit to say, what was that? Oh, man. Anyway, that was the sense I got from someone earlier today. That text came in from yeah. Ryan, so Ryan, thanks for But yes, a disappointing in. loss yesterday, Ryan. No question, a, a puzzling loss in the sense of playing so well at Stanford. Cal had had one conference win, Beavers led by eight. So I know Scott and his staff back to work, working to try to work through uh, the inconsistencies of a team that they're trying to hit the right stride with heading down the stretch. CVB says all the <laughs> questions about possible T9 issues, Title IX mm-hmm. issues, involved with NIL were asked many years ago. Problems predicted and discounted. NCAA has its problems, but the disabling of a regulatory structure seems worse, at least in my humble opinion. Okay, thank you, CVB. Yeah. Uh, here's one go beeves. Uh, hope you noticed it about the NIL. A lot of, I got to go up on some yeah. of them. If you, Oh, this is Doug. Okay. If you text and then you text three or four times, I got to look to go back to the, which one was your first one. Here's another one. Why don't they use 
drones overhead shots <laughs> at football games. Drone technology has come a long way. That's a great point. It is a good point. Mm-hmm. You could you could replace those wired the wired yeah. camera with a drone and at yeah. least at least have a shot at getting the drone out of the way. Or or at least put the camera of course you're gonna hit the wires, that's one thing. It should be a drone because you can position the drone behind the punter so no matter what happens, it's not gonna get hit. And uh, that is a great point. Use a drone, why don't they? Dave and Sandy, this is interesting because Dave surprises me constantly with what he's experienced in life. Going way back in my life, Mike, the Elsinore Theater is a great little place for a show. Had to be in the mid-90s that Marcin and I went to a concert there. Across the street, there are several options for food and liquid refreshments for those in your group. Mm -hmm. The venues have changed names several times. Not sure what the current names are. Also, north of there is one of the McMinimans bars. And someone wrote in, um, I'll get to it here if I find it on a place to go. Here's another one. Elsinore Theater is the most beautiful theater Mm. I've ever been to. Wow. Go in early just to look around. Nice. Okay, very nice. Has Uh, that been around? I wonder the history. Maybe there'll be something there when we get there. But I look forward to doing that and hoping that there may be photographs of of back in the day, how long it's been open, I don't know. Was it the premier movie house with... Great films. I wonder if Cuckoo's Nest, they should have probably had a place like that to debut One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest at, should have been at a theater like that in downtown Salem in 75. I mean, that would be the right thing to do. Anyway, You're going to love this one. Okay. I would hate it, but you're going to love it. (laughs) What do you think that might be? A great Mexican food place? (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you. Who is that? I mean, tell me what you got on the fan. La Margarita. La Margarita Downtown? is a great Mexican restaurant on Ferry right around the corner from Elsinore Ooh, Theater. There we Gone go. Gone there over the years and a consistently high-quality lunch and dinner. This from Joe Kruger. Thank you, Joe. Joe, I've been wondering how you were doing. I haven't heard from you for a while. Nice to hear from you again. And, yes, that sounds like the place to me. This is the place was once said in Salt Lake City, but upon arriving downtown on Ferry, I may say, with, with Brigham, this is the place. Now, this one, yes. I would love. Okay. And you would hate. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm making an assumption on the you would hate part, okay. but it matches you hate I, I yeah, like. Right. Da, da, da. Right. Okay. Uh, next door to the Elsinore is Da Vinci Restaurant. Ooh, that would be good. That would Anything be good. Anything Italian is a winner for me. And uh, that and he, Leonardo goes around greeting the customers. That's See, now what that I heard. was the thing. That we went. I begged my mom and dad as a kid when we got to Fisherman's Wharf in 1968 for the first time. DiMaggio's restaurant, mom and dad. DiMaggio's <laughs> restaurant. He's got to be there. Joe will be there. Later. And we we went. And I just spent the whole time. Where's Joe? Now I do think Joe, like Jack Dempsey and his place and others, did greet, meet, and greet people. Yeah. Uh, Bill <clears throat> Shonley and Shonley's Tap Room would greet people. Sure. But DiMaggio did not show up the night I was there at Fisherman's Wharf, and I don't think Leonardo will either, but it sounds like a good place. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I actually, we've been going to Salem a lot lately as a meeting point mm, for friends and family. between. Yeah. yeah, well, let's meet in Salem. Great. So we've been okay. trying different restaurants. Glenny writes in to point out to us that for the second straight week, Jordan Pope has been selected Pac-12 Freshman of yeah, the Week. Yeah, Pope's a... Let's talk. We got a call on the Downward Dog phone line. If you'd like to jump in in our remaining minutes about Pope, about how exciting he made that game the other night. I mean, Pope, 
The thing I love, there was almost an Ernie Kent, uh, a Quinn Buckner element to Ernie's commentary. When the Beavers win, I go home, and I did commandeer the television set Saturday night. Yeah. I walked, I don't care what anybody else is doing or watching. <laughs> I'm watching my Beavers win the game again. That's how I felt about it when I walked in late Saturday night. Fortunately, people were winding down their other activities. So I took the TV. I watched the Beavers beat Colorado again. And Ernie, after one of Pope's threes, a deep three where he stepped into a jab step yeah. fake, went oh, to his yeah. right. And Ernie, just like Quinn Buckner in the 149-115 win over Michigan by LMU and Westhead's team back in the 90 tournament, Quinn's commentary was, <laughs> and Ernie, a couple of shots by Pope, just kind of broke into laughter. There was such it, laugh-inspiring joy. It was yeah. really more of a, a, a laugh of joy to see Pope hitting those kinds <laughs> of shots. So if you want to talk at all about him, anything else that really stood out to you that you were excited about in that game and maybe in general going forward with this group, four nine seven fifty three fifty six. This is Jim, and you'll recognize his voice when okay. he comes on. Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Yes, thank you. I uh, I sent that. I was the one that sent that text about the Da Vinci's restaurant. Ah, thank you. And uh, I said uh, at the end, I said I, if it's still there. Well, in the meantime, uh, I I looked it up, so it is still there. It's on High Street, right next to the Elsinore. Okay. It's still open, and I highly recommend it. It's got two floors. I mean, it's been years since I've been there. Okay. But uh, the Elsinore, by the way, is an old vaudeville theater. Hmm. And over the, over the years, I've seen I've uh, seen people like Don McLean, mm-hmm. uh, the Smothers Brothers, the Kingston Trio. Wow. Uh, but most memorable was the, was uh, Don McLean. He uh, he actually arrived early, or actually his band was late, and he sang just him and his guitar mm-hmm. entertained the audience and sang all the all the songs that I had hoped to hear from him. Uh, so that was quite memorable. It's been years, but I'm glad that I looked it up on Google, of course, and uh, find that it's still open. It's 180 High Street. and uh, Thank you. And the Elsinore is 170 High Street. No. So it is, in fact, okay. next door. That is a nice Jim. call. If he, say, if he broke into American Pie, that probably gave the band time to arrive and settle in <laughs> behind him. Uh, no, he saved that for when the band arrived, but <laughs> yeah, he did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyhow, did, Jim. Vin, Vincent and, uh, and uh, I... Um, I can't think of the uh, the name of the other. Well, Vincent song of Vincent mine. is a gorgeous song. Anyway, what do you got, Johnny? I was just, Jim? Did you send us this uh, little blip about the Elsinore? Yes. Uh, inside is gorgeous. Okay, we got to get there early then. Got to hit La Margarita and Da Vinci's and then get into the Elsinore. Yeah, don't, don't try to go there on Valentine's Day unless you make the the reservation a month okay. in advance. That sounds good. But, uh, I wish I had known about uh, about your your man there at uh, Elsinore earlier. I would have gone there myself. Jim, it's great to hear your voice. I'm glad. I, I, it's been a while since we've talked and seen each other. Thank you so much for the call and the the intelligence, the intel on the Elsinore's <laughs> uh, neighborhood. Great to hear from you, Jim. Thank you. Yes. Okay, good. Good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Here's a little history. Yeah. Named after the 16th century Danish castle in William Shakespeare's Hamlet, the Elsinore Theater in Salem, Oregon, opened for silent films and vaudeville shows on May 28, 1926. It was heralded as the largest and most lavish theater between Portland and San Francisco. That is 
great info. Thank you for that. I look forward to it, John, on so many levels, and I'd never been in there. There's a chance. You know how you kind of, like someone with a famous last name, and you, you look it up, and it turns out to be true that they're connected, even though there's generations away. There's a chance my grandmother played the Elsinore Theater because she was a organist right. for silent films. And where was she based, like her home she base? She started in, uh, uh, well, she was in Chicago, but then they moved out to Portland, and, uh-huh. and she did it at the the old Paramount Theater, mm-hmm. which is now what the uh, the um, with the, the big donor lady. Yes, downtown Arlene Portland. Schnitzer. The Schnitzer, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, she played the for silent uh, films there. That organ, by the way, ended up on 82nd Avenue in the organ grinder. Oh, my gosh. I love that place. That very yes, organ, that organ was in the Paramount in the 30s when my grandmother played. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what became of it when the organ grinder went out of business. But, I like uh, going the, to the organ grinder. I did it. not know that history. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Love to know. that place. Uh, let me get a couple more texts. Yeah. Thank you, Doc. If we can. Um, Dave, actually, these are just links now. Oh, go upstairs and check out the stained glass. There's a photograph here that Jim sent in. You're going to like it. It's beautiful. Thank you, Jim. I've never heard of it before. The Elsinore? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've heard of it. If there's, I'm going to check up their site because we love to go see, you know, groups or acts mm-hmm. that were once big and, you know, are are not anymore, if you know what I mean. There was another theater, and maybe it's still in business. Gosh, I wish the name. It was a cool sounding name. It was a it was a theater for plays and musicals and drama. I mean, I I can't remember the name of it. it had an uh, my uh, high school teacher David Colton sang and played the Joel Gray role in Cabaret at the Oh the Pentacle. There we go. It just it came back to me. Speaking of the late David Colton. Speaking of Cabaret and Joel Gray, I think there was a, Salem, a theater in Salem called The Pentacle. The Pentacle looks like debacle, P-E-N-T-A-C-L-E. Is that still in business? Never went there either, but always wanted to. But glad to hear there's a place that goes back to silent films in vaudeville in the 20s in Salem. Here's another one, yeah. and this piques my interest okay. and, and fear. This is also from Jim. My sister worked at the Elsinore for... 20 years, advanced to become manager. There's a governor's box above the projection area at the very top of the theater. Most people don't know uh, that exists two seats. And at least two ghosts in the building. This is where there's a character in a movie. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Oh, it was uh, Keith Hernandez. Yeah, I'm out with the stairs. No, it's Jerry Seinfeld when Hernandez is telling him that when we take the piano... Up the stairs, you've got to really, Seinfeld, there's <laughs> stairs. Oh, yeah, there's two flights. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> Losing the friendship thus with Keith Hernandez, but he ain't going to be moving a piano I would actually go. I would actually go because people would be there and it would be a concert and everything, but but I wouldn't go uh, back anywhere by myself. Ooh, on thank the you. Ghost, Jim, thanks for that information. Issue. Also, kind of interesting, he says, across the street was a Chinese laundry where my mom and dad met. In 1951, so wow. Jim has a lot Jim, of history. Thank you. I had no see all of this. Jim Galvan's been a friend uh, and correspondent yeah. for many years, and Jim, I'm, I've learned new things today. <laughs> no, it's it looks really cool, yeah. and we go to Salem a lot. Um, um, Kim's brother lives you up have there, to so take in a show or Absolutely. something up there. Probably not Coburn, but no, uh, I get you. No, I get you. But I'm looking forward to seeing him tonight. Thanks to all of you for 
the information, for taking the time, the thoughtfulness of it all. Pentacle to share is these still things. there out on Highway 22 the near is still Independence. There? Thank you for that. That's the orange one. Okay, thank you, orange one. Thank you, Dave. And, yeah, thank you to the other query. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking for answers. People come to me for answers. I'm looking for answers. <laughs> I don't Especially have any answers. local thing. As said Terrence Mann, supposedly the character of uh, J.D. Salinger. <laughs> Great character. But, so, yeah, but we'll, uh, the, thing, the other thing you brought up perhaps can be pursued as well. Dave, thank you. Thanks to everybody. See you tomorrow. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.